This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back, everybody, for the second hour of In the Locker Room with yours truly and the ninjas. That's Ninja Jacob today. And we're going to bring <clears throat> Coach Bradley on, Tom Bradley, great friend of the locker, on, locker room on. We're going to bring him on in a moment. But first of all, we if anybody's not heard, Big Ben has made it official. He's officially stepping down as the quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers, which he's been doing for almost the last two decades. And it's been such a great run. The people at SNR and the Steelers have put together a, a great uh, uh, tribute sound tape that uh, I, I just love. You're going to hear uh, Billy Hillgrove, the voice of the Steelers. You're going to hear Chaluch, Tunchilkin, and these guys just really bookend what has been one of the most brilliant careers ever in the history of the National Football League. Let's take it away, Jacob. Uh, with the 11th pick in the 2004 NFL Draft, the Pittsburgh Steelers select Ben Roethlisberger. Steelers first-round draft choice, Ben Roethlisberger, took off the headpiece and started taking snaps from center Jeff Harmon. So, looks like he's up, guys. I just want to play football and, and give it everything I have. Ben's going to run the quarterback throw. He's down to the goal line and into the end zone for the Pittsburgh Steelers touchdown. Boy, you got to be impressed with this big Ben Roethlisberger. I hated the name at first, but now it's so easy because that's just what everyone calls you. You say Big Ben, everyone knows it's you. So you don't have to say Ben Roethlisberger. It's kind of nice. Keeps people from not saying my last name. <laughs> An unbelievable play. Then get to Houdini. He just threw it over everybody in the end. Pittsburgh Steeler legend. Here's the give to Jerome. He has it touched. Oh, oh the ball is fumbled. Oh, and the Colts pick it up. Oh, oh, oh my gosh. Nick Harper has it. He's running. Oh, Big Ben can't oh, he tackles tackle. him. He tackles him at the oh, four and three yard line. If it wasn't for Ben Roethlisberger making a shoestring tackle, the game's over the other way. Those of you guys that have been here, you know that's how we do it. We pick each other up, offense, defense, special teams. Young guys that just got here, that's how we do it. Eight seconds to go. Steelers down by three. Ben gets the snap, rolls right. He looks, he runs, he dives. And he's in. He's in. He's in. He's got a touchdown. What a play call at the goal line. What a job Ben has done today. He has been like a maestro out there. Ben is taking the spike. Touchdown. Touchdown. He waits. He looks. He throws it for the near sideline. It's caught it. in the end zone. Pittsburgh touchdown. Wallace doing the toe roll. Left sideline end zone. Wow. Incredible. Final play of the game. And the golden toe of Jeff Reed is thrown on the field to decide this issue. <laughs> Spate pulls in a pass from Ben as they fold the Ravens on fourth and two. Roethlisberger, six-pack, two weeks in a row. And in the shotgun, Steelers trailing by three. Second and goal at the four. He's back. He pumps. Throws it over the middle. The pass is... Touchdown! Touchdown, Pittsburgh! Five seconds left. And Antonio Brown wills himself across the chop. I think we're the best in the world. Let's go take care of our business today. Have fun doing it, all right? Love you guys. Ben gets the snap. He scrambles around. Throws it back corner of the end zone. Santonio with a touchdown! Santonio home! I don't know how he did it! Hey, you guys are the best fans in all of sports, bar none. And we love you guys very much. Thanks for all your support. We appreciate it. 
appreciate it. We got a chance here for Ben to take a bow. That sweet-looking formation, the victory formation. Ben steps in. One last hurrah. He takes the knee. Heinz Field is so special to me, just like this city is. These fans in this place, it just it means so much to me and my family, and uh, always will. Thanks to number seven for all the memories from your 24-7 audio home of the Steelers, SNR. <laughs> welcome, everybody. And indeed, let me welcome now head, uh, former head coach Tom Bradley, defensive secondary coach, defensive coordinator, and great friend of the locker room. And when you hear that, Tom, when you hear those moments, it's got to stimulate that ball player down in you as you once were, as I once was, and it gives you great warm fuzzies, does it not? It sure does. It makes me feel old because I remember all those plays <laughs> and listening to him, and I'm going, I remember that. Oh, that, oh, that was an awesome play. I could never figure out how he did that. And then you start listening, and then and I heard the part about the quarterback draw, and I'm like, wow, that is an older tape quarterback yeah. draw. With, and, you know, so, I mean, I mean that in all sincerity. There's, it's going to be a long, long time that uh, you see another guy like him again, and. Uh, just a tremendous competitor, uh, just loves to win. And, uh, you know, he just, uh, you know, just an unbelievable career. And next place is the Hall of Fame for him. You know, that's interesting you said. My, my thought was, when I first heard this, I thought, well, so begins the countdown to Canton. You know what I mean? Because now we're talking about five years. And if this guy's not a first ballot Hall of Famer, then I don't know who should be. Because that, that would be, it just would be a total uh that they that would just be a screw-up man i just can't even imagine it yeah it would be like when they didn't they weren't going to put you in the buffalo hall of fame you know so (laughs) (laughs) well that would be that would be at santora's where they have chicken wings i'm in i'm in that hall of fame (laughs) no that uh that what you just did brought back a lot of just unbelievable memories uh, you know over all the years and i wasn't kidding i you know, on Sundays as you're doing your, your your work and you're always, you know, watching the TV while you're working on your own stuff, you know, checking in, you do remember all the, the unbelievable plays that uh, that he made over all these years. Tom, do you have any personal memories of interactions with Ben? I mean, I, it was on a daily basis when you were coaching for the Steelers, obviously. But, you know, does anything stand out, any moments that uh, you can think of that, you know, because one of the things that I always talk about was his toughness. You know, Tunch always used to say he was tougher than woodpecker lips. You know what I mean? He was just one of yeah. those guys that was just always, he always got up. And one of the things that it reminded me was, I believe it was 2010, against uh, the Ravens, and Haloti Nada got an inside move on, on the great Ramon Foster, and he got inside, and he threw his left hand, which is as big as a small ham, and he threw it like a punch, and it went through, and he broke Ben's nose. And, I mean, there was blood pouring, and you could see the nose was smeared across his face. But Ben gets up, he comes to the sidelines, and in the fourth quarter leads the drive and makes the throw to Ike Redman with 2.58 on the, on the clock to win the game. I mean, that's just toughness, that's leadership, those sorts of things. It's, it's amazing what he's done. Well, to me, what stands out is what a great competitor he is. I mean, he – you know, you're practicing. He's trying to win every seven on seven. You know, he just, like, you know, he's mad <laughs> right. if he doesn't complete it. I mean, you know, even things like you go, Jesus, just practice. But, you know, he he would he wanted to win them all and everything we did. You know, we do that little goal line period you see every day. You know, the the, the seven shot down there in the goal line and 
man, that was like life and death sometimes with him, you know, <laughs> how, how bad he wanted to get the guy. But that's just the way he was. And, um, you know, the other thing is with him, you, you never felt out of it. Like, right. you know, <laughs> hey, there's always time here, you know. Oh, we got time. You know, so it's it just phenomenal. And, uh, you know, hats off to him. You know, it has been such a great career. He has manifested every sort of, you know, ability that you thought he was capable of as, as a young buck back in the day. Uh, he's he's led the team to two Super Bowls and three appearances and so many other things. And you know, I I, I hope and I hope and pray that uh, he's he's able to step into some sort of normalcy in his life because I, you think about it, almost two decades of being the face of the franchise. Um, Stepping back to normalcy has got to be an odd feeling, I would think. Well, he's going back to be the face of his family again. Yeah, so he'll get and, point. You know, his children and, and and his wife, and so that's going to be, you know, he'll um, be it'll be an exciting time for him, a great time for him. And I, you know, you're right though; it's it's been a couple decades, and it's going to be uh, odd not to call his name out. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's the past for sure. So that'll be something that. Uh, People remember for a long time all the great memories. No question about it. Now, let me ask you something, coaches. You, uh, you know, you look over the season, and I so much of it defensively. You know, we, we've talked before, but again, as you see the Steelers kind of moving into the off season, what are your thoughts? Just kind of just general as far as where the team needs to go defensively, offensively, and and what you know, what do you think is first on the on the agenda? Well, I think on the agenda, you know, defensively, you know, you want to, you got to get to it in the low, low, see where they are and get them back. That will help that, that run defense immensely. I think you get your linebacker situation completely squared away. The secondary has a lot of good players and you just have to decide, you know, what, what, what Joe's going to do here at the end of his career. And, you know, the one thing about Joe, not only is he a great player, but he's a great guy in the locker room. He's a great teammate. He's just, a, you know, he's a guy you, you want around because he's just a, he's a winner in, in every sense of the word, uh, and so, you know, these are some, just some issues they'll work out, I'm sure. You know, I think offensively, you know, I see the quarterback situation. If that'll be the talk around here for, you know, the next, you know, until the season starts. And, <laughs> but, 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 you know, I, I think, you know, you, you know, as you know, you got to get the offensive line situated where you want to play, who's going to play where, who your center is going to be, some of those things. And, you, and Wolf, you know better than anybody because you played the position, you know, how, how that stuff goes. So, um, it's going to be an interesting off season, you know, maybe the most uh, in a long, long time, you know, with, with all the different moves that they may make in the cap space. There's no question in my mind, you know, I mean, you look at it and you, you think about there's a, there's a, a lot of people that are, you know, either RFAs, UFAs, that sort of thing. Um, and, and, you know, you got to make those decisions. But one of the things to me is, you know, it's, it's really about, understanding what you want to accomplish offensively because you can't expect Mason or Dwayne Haskins or whoever you would bring in to do the same things that Ben was capable of doing. And I know everybody talks about towards the end of his career, he didn't have the dynamic arm such as he had earlier. But as I always said, who, which one of us after 18 years or so would uh, have the same sort of attributes that he entered the league with? You know, I know I didn't. When I exited, I exited with a lot less attributes than I entered with. <laughs> and a lot more holding calls, too. But anyway. <laughs> 
Hey, you know, hey, hey let you me know, tell you something, you. Coach. Let me tell you something right now. <laughs> With the way Not they – clutching Wolf, he was holding <laughs> With the way, listen, hey, with the the looseness available now to how they hold, I deserve a letter of apology for eight. Well, except for one. One was really bad. Okay, that was that was really bad. I jumped on the back of a guy. It was egregious. It was egregious. (laughs) You saw it then. (laughs) Yeah, I saw it. It was, it was Bradshaw's last game, and the guy was about you know to light up Terry, and I couldn't let him do it, so I just plain jumped on his back and tackled him. You know, I think t- to me, as you look at the quarterback position, I think one of the things now that's going to be very important, I- I'm a-, a big fan of having a mobile quarterback. I think that just adds another dimension. You know, it changes a lot of your pass rush and how, you, you know, you have to be disciplined. Uh, you know, you see what Mahomes and some of those guys are able to do and, and Allen, the way he, you know, actually with Josh, you know, they're, they're running the zone read with him. I mean, it's a legitimate play and, you know, he carries the ball and runs the ball. And so I think quarterback mobility will be something in the future that this tourist will take a, a, a really a good look at. You know, it's been Ben was strong and guys would, you know, he'd throw him off him a lot of times, right. you know, but as you get older, you know, it's just, you know, you don't, you had when you were, you know, younger and, um, you know, I think all of us that get old know that. Right. No question about it, but yes, I think how mobile though. I mean, do you, you look at the, you know, RG three was really one of the first guys that started to bring this, you know, this mobility of a quarterback uh, into in, into some sort of, uh, you know, part of the offense. I know Randall Cunningham, you go back there, but really RG3 until he got uh, Haloti nodded, you know, running across the field, and he was never the same. Lamar Jackson, is that is that sort of what you're referring to, or is it more like the Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes that can slide, move, and, and just scramble, but not necessarily be that big a rusher? Well, I think, you know, Mahomes and Josh are, uh, Josh Allen are two of the guys I'm referring to. And, and if you watch, you know, Mahomes slides and they do a lot of different things with him moving him in the pocket and getting around and doing different things. For Josh Allen, they actually, as you know, have very designed running plays for the right. quarterback. Right. You know, it's it's a designated run play. And uh, you know, how long they'll keep doing that as he ages, I, you know, I, I don't know. But it seems to be the, uh, a trend that – is going to continue throughout uh, pro football. Um, as you see, a lot of the, you know, a lot of the college offense starts to filter into this league also. You know, one of the things that uh, has been such a big thing, obviously, is that also uh, T.J. Watt has been named the Pro Football Writers Association NFL Defensive Player of the Year. And what a year, Tom! Have you ever seen anybody have a, a better defensive year um, overall than T.J. Watt? I have not, and, uh, you know, that should have been a unanimous ballot, I hope. Uh, what, 21 and a half sacks, missed two games, missed parts of two others. Uh, you know, just an incredible year. Um, obviously, to me, the best defensive player in the National Football League. You know, there's no question in my mind. I look at that and you think, out of 15, uh, he had 15 starts, 22 and a half sacks, 39 quarterback hits. Seven passes defensed, five forced fumbles, three fumble recoveries, 64 tackles overall, 21 tackles for loss. Um, to me, that he he's up for the MVP of the of the whole league, if you ask me. Uh, no question. He had like a, those are those are career numbers for your whole you know for for your lifetime. Uh, that's going to be hard to duplicate with him. I mean, uh, he he's. Well deserved, and he, he's a heck of a worker and, and a heck of a person, and and so uh, you know, 
can't save anything better. He, he's the best at what he does. You know, Coach, one of the guys that I, I, I'm, I'm really high on is Alex Highsmith. I really believe this kid's got some great talent. But I went and compared the first year, TJ's first year starting, which was his rookie year, and Alex's uh, first year starting, which was his second year. Both of them had uh, played in 15 games. Both of them had 15 starts. Uh, TJ had an interception, one forced fumble, zero fumble recoveries, seven sacks, 13 quarterback hits, 54 tackles, 40 solo, 10, 10 tackles for loss. Alex Highsmith, same 15 and 15, zero interceptions, one forced fumble, zero fumble recoveries, six sacks, 15 quarterback hits, 74 tackles, 46 solo, and 15 tackles for loss. I think this kid is, is, you know, if he's capable of making that jump in his second year of starting the way TJ did in his second year of starting, which was his second year also overall, I think you could have some really serious bookends here. Yeah, for sure. You know, and especially now people have spent so much time figuring out TJ, and it's going to be a great opportunity for Alex because he'll see a lot of the one-on-one stuff, you know, not a lot of chipping going on with him over there because they're going to concentrate a lot on TJ, and rightfully so. So it's going to be a really big year for Alex. And, and the one thing about him, he's a worker and he's going to get it done. I'd be surprised if he doesn't have a terrific year. I, I look for this kid to have a big year. I just, I don't know. I really believe in him. I watched him. When you, when you just before we let you go, Coach, and I, by the way, I want to so thank you for being part of the locker room and coming in every week. And we appreciate you and the knowledge that you're able to bring to the locker room, my friend. But, you know, when you, you look at Alex Highsmith and he, in, in his second year of starting, what, what would you say, number one, what would you say, this is what I want you to work on? Well, you know, that's hard to say, Wolf, and and, and without really watching all the film and tape, that's right. not fair to say. You know, that's something that uh, Coach Dunbar obviously will, you know, have already gone over a million times with him. I mean, you know, Carl Dunbar is one of the best coaches in the, in the National Football League, and he'll get that done. I, I do want to say this, though, Wolf. I looked at those road games next year, okay? Mm-hmm. All Eastern time zone, good places for food for you. I checked it out. <laughs> so, you know, you know, I just want to know how big the parade will be when you, when you go back to Buffalo again. You know, will be bigger than this year's. Um, so it's going to be interesting to watch. Um, and this way, you know, Wolf, you don't have to change your watch. They're all Eastern time zones. So that's I love good. it. I won't, you, you won't get screwed up. <laughs> like, I, I love it. One time. Before we go, though, I saw uh, the other day somebody just, Guinness World Book of Records, they had a 900-pound vegan burger. Who does that? Who wants a vegan burger and it's 900 pounds? Come on, that's ridiculous. Not you, that's for sure. (laughs) That's for sure. Coach, thank you for the whole season long. Appreciate you coming in, and hopefully we can do this again next year. Thanks, Wolf. Look forward to talking to you soon. All right, brother. Thank you so much. All right, we're going to go to break. Ninja Jacob, take it away. We'll be back after this. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back to the locker room, everybody. We are celebrating the retirement, the official retirement of Big Ben Roethlisberger after two decades as the Steelers quarterback. Uh, He retires with every sort of possible record you could have, I think. 
And, uh, boy, kudos to Ben. What a fabulous career. What a great job you've done uh, repping this this franchise in this city for two decades. And, you know, to help celebrate, and one of the guys that documented and detailed his career over the years is the great Jerry Dulac from the Post-Gazette. Du- How are you, my friend? Well, fine, fine. Did Ben retire? <laughs> you know, I got to tell you something funny. You were texting me, and you're saying, there's some big news coming. It didn't even cross my mind as to what that possibly <laughs> could be, and you were just hitting around at it. I have to laugh. Well, Wolf, I knew what was coming, and uh, I, uh, you know, could not say anything until the official time came. Right. Uh, you know, and um, – but that's why that's why I said, and I knew it was going to be mid morning, and I didn't think it would interfere with my little meeting with you. Uh, but uh, yeah, so uh, I was I was ready for it. And of course, it's no surprise we all knew it was coming uh, after what the, you know the last two weeks, two two games. So, but it's still you know it's official, and it's you know it just reminds everybody one more time, um, one about the greatness of of his career, and two. <laughs> what lies ahead for the Steelers, and it might not be very pretty. You know, Jerry, one of the things that, that I always always crossed my mind, it's not over until it's over. Well, now it's, <laughs> right. it's officially over. And so in, in retrospect, in all your dealings with Ben, is there a couple of things that stand out to you, whether it's more on the personal or the professional, what have you, that sort of thing? You know, Wolf, um, I – you know, to a degree, I've been asked that uh, uh, several times, you know, about what I remember most about them. Um, you know, and on a, on, a, on a personal level, it's just been, you know, my dealings with them, uh, you know, over these last more so over these last four or so years. Um, you know, he's uh, always been very accommodating and very professional uh, with me. And... Um, and, and, you know, returns my text messages and told me, uh, you know, once before that he says, hey, if I don't get back to you, that means I can't say anything. And I, I said, hey, I get that. <laughs> I get that. So I have no problem with it. But he's always been square with me right up until this morning. So, I, I mean, the same deal. It includes this morning, I mean. So um, so on a, on a personal note, you know, I, Wolf, I mean, you know me. I treat these guys <clears throat> on a professional level. Right. Uh, do I like them? Yeah, but I, I, I consider them professional relationships, and I don't take it anywhere beyond that, even though some of the guys, coaches, whom, whatever, you know, that I have, I play golf with uh, from time to time. Right. So, but I keep you everything play on golf? a professional level. Wait a minute, wait, wait. You play golf? <laughs> that, <laughs> that's just as shocking, isn't it, Wolf? So, uh, but I, I think from a, from a, you know, in terms of Ben, the quarterback, uh, I don't, you know, I don't, obviously the throw to Santonio Holmes stands out the most. Right. Um, in a Super Bowl. The, the circumstances surrounding the end of that game in Indy, where he came out and just took it to them in the divisional round game after they lost like 26 to 7 to the Colts earlier in the year. And they went back to uh, uh, the RCA Dome and Ben right off the bat, 37 yards down the sideline, Heath Miller goes to a touchdown, then leads them the next drive to another touchdown. And then it all comes down to the end where Joey Porter makes uh, back-to-back plays, sacks Manning, 
And, you know, they're just going to punch it in with Jerome. And, you, you, of course, we know Nick Harper, you know, fumble Nick Harper's running right. the other way. And I never forget, Wolf, that, you know, when they were going to punch it in, I stood up and I'm putting on my sport coat to go downstairs. <laughs> and I have one sleeve in, and that happens. And, I, and I'm sitting there and I go, oh, my God, they're going to lose this game. <laughs> and, ben, and, and Ben, of course, uh, makes the tackle. And then, you know, a, a, after so many moments, probably that game the following week against Denver, uh, you know, in Denver for the AFC Championship, at that point after I saw the Steelers, I thought there's no stopping them. And yes. Ben's first half performance in that game is the best of his career. Well, maybe not statistically, but by far everything he did in that situation was just incredible. Staked them to that big halftime lead. And then they went on to the Super Bowl. So, you know, those those three moments are probably from a, you know, performance standpoint in his career are the are the things that stand out the most to me one other time too, uh wolf and i think it was after i can't remember if it was after richard seymour um you know hit him high and right uh, or after not a haloti not a broke his nose but that following week in the locker room here comes you know it's like wednesday here comes ben limping through big ice pack on his knee big ice pack on his shoulder black eye and i go how you doing? He goes, good. I go, you going to play Sunday? He goes, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it, it reminded me of that scene from Monty Python where they, they cut off all the guy's limbs and right. he still wants to keep fighting. And that was Ben. I mean, yeah. Ben was Ben was the ultimate warrior. And um, uh, you've heard me say before that the people who take care of him have always told me he is one tough hombre. Wolf, he's had almost 100 MRIs, maybe more. And over Good some heavens. ridiculous amount of, of medical notes to on his chart, like 900 some medical notes. Wow. And, and that's just the beating that guy took. And, and yet you, you saw how few games really uh, that he missed beyond, beyond the elbow surgery season. No, no question about it. You know what I mean? So it has just been, I don't know, it's been a pleasure. It's been a privilege. It's been an honor to be able to broadcast his games. Uh, to be a part of that, just to watch him. Uh, it's a phenomenal thing. I've had the pleasure of, you know, playing with Terry Bradshaw and then being able to broadcast with, with Ben. You know, it's, I don't know, what what can you say? All right, I'm going to shift gears a little bit on you because you wrote a great article about the uh, second, uh, the defensive coordinator interviews are going on, Jerry. And you've mm-hmm. got three right. gentlemen that uh, you, you, you refer to. And one is Chris Richards from the Saints. You got uh, Patrick Graham from the Giants. And you got Joe Witt from the uh, – let's see, what, where was he from? Uh, Cowboys. So, oh, Dal- Cowboys, yeah. Yeah, tell yeah. me about him. Well, Wolf, I don't want you to make the same mistake that I did. I do believe the guy's name is Chris Richard. It's like oh. – I, I thought he was a hockey guy. Oh, really? I thought he was really? a hockey guy. But, you know, but down in New Orleans, every you know, they have that, uh, they have that French uh, – sure. everybody down there has that French uh, accent to them. So – but, yeah, I, I mean, you know, there's a couple things at play here. I, I think the plan, Wolf, is still to elevate uh, Terrell Austin mm-hmm. to defensive coordinator. That is the plan. Um, but, you know, one, they have to interview at least two external minority candidates. Right. And, 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 that, and those, each of those three guys fits that bill. Um, but also, 
you know, they know there's always a possibility because Terrell Austin gets interviews um, that if he would land somewhere else, and I've been told that if a certain guy gets a head coaching position in the league who's already interviewed twice, which is Jim Caldwell with two different teams, um, that, that Terrell could end up with him. So mm. if that would be the case, then you have to be prepared to move on. Now, there's nobody else on the staff that would even qualify as a defensive coordinator candidate uh, with the Steelers, so they have to make sure they have a backup plan. And three, the other thing at play here too, Wolf, is, you know, will a coordinator, or will somebody want to come here and be a coordinator if they're not really the coordinator? And that is, you know, Mike Tomlin calling the plays. Right. So I, I can tell you that is being discussed with all the candidates, do I think Mike Tomlin is going to cede that responsibility? Uh, no, I don't. And if, in fact, that were the case, then, and, and, and I don't believe it is or will be, then if that's the case, then why don't you go out and hire a proven coordinator, a Mike Zimmer, a Vic Fangio, Brian Flores, even though I think he'll get another head coaching job. Right. You know, guys who are proven coordinators and, and bring them in to do the job. So there's a lot of factors in play here, but ultimately I, I think it's going to end up the way that they have kind of planned. And that is Terrell Austin will be in that role. I want, that's interesting. I wonder if Jim Caldwell is going to get the job. What, what team is it? I forgot. Yeah. He's had, yeah it's the bears and Jacksonville. Okay. And he has, um, if he, if he hasn't had the second interview, they are bringing him back for a second interview. Okay. You know what's funny about that, Wolf? When they hired Todd Haley, right. the Steelers hired Todd Haley as their offensive coordinator. The only other guy they interviewed then was Jim Caldwell huh. um, for the for the position. But Tony uh, and, and Art hired um, Todd Haley because right. of his relationship, of course, uh, you know, with the Steelers. Well, he was a ball and, boy and so when I was there. That was, that was their hire. <laughs> Exactly. So he was a ball boy when I was there, Todd. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, but they made that hire. Exactly. Okay. So, well, it's interesting because you got these three candidates with the possibility of, uh, you know, well, what the probability that Ben or uh, Mike is going to keep the the uh, play calling uh, to himself. But you know, I I looked around the NFL, and by my count, you've got thirteen coaches that have coordinators on staff out of the 32 that call either offensive or defensive plays. It's not, it's, it's not a big issue. I mean, from Andy Reid on down, there's a number of guys. Yeah, you're right, Wolf. And typically you see that with offensive play callers, Yeah, you know, um, you see that more with them, but no, it's, it's not that big a deal. Um, And, you know, I think some people misunderstood, what Keith Butler told me that appeared in, in, in uh, print is that, you know, he said, he said, sure. I wish I could have called uh, my own place. He says, but Mike's the head coach. He can do what he wants to do. I think people misunderstood that as though that was that, you know, he was taking a shot at Mike and throwing him out, throwing him under the bus and he was, uh, and that he was upset. And that's the furthest thing from the truth. I asked him the question, knowing the answer, of course, right. but I asked him the question and, and he just said it matter of fact, matter of factly. And, and, you know, didn't have, well, there was no angst or animosity, none whatsoever. He gets along with Mike very well. And he stayed in a position for seven years. Yeah. He wasn't upset by it. He was just, he was just saying, yeah, 
I would have liked to have called my own plays, but that's Mike's prerogative. To your point, that you know, other coaches do do it. You know what's funny is one of the one of the untold things that existed back during my career and time with the Steelers. Everything ran through Chuck. You know whether it was Woody right. wouldn't that's offer right. Tony Dungy, it didn't matter. Tom Moore, you know whoever Chuck always had the final say on anything. So if if you yeah. if a play came out, you knew that that Chuck's fingerprints were on it. I mean, that's just the way it was. Coach Noel was just right, one of right. those guys. So, you know, to me, I, it's no big deal. I know that some people, uh, you know, have like, well, they're questioning this and that. And I just wanted to present what you what you wrote, just a nice piece by you. I thought it was a great job. And how you just kind of laid it out for everybody. That It's not a problem. And, there, you know, yeah, I mean, Butsy would like to have done it. But the fact of the matter is, when the head coach is the head coach, the head coach is the head coach because he can do what he wants. That's right. That's why he's, that's why he's the boss. Um, you know, Wolf, I, I, the one thing, the one difference, you know, now what I, I, I didn't know was that Mike at times, not a lot, but at times would um, call some plays and do some stuff when Dick LeBeau was there, which I'm sure LeBeau didn't like either, but not to the degree that was just, you know, here and there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not to the degree that it did with Keith Butler, where Mike was calling all the plays, you know, yeah. so I mean, it's a little different circumstance. And I would say that was more along the lines of what Chuck Knoll, if you know, it was just Probably, right, yeah. correct, correct. He just right. okay. All right, buddy. I want to thank you, Jerry, for being in a part of the locker room the whole year long. I thank you so much. You just, I, again, a great friend, and uh, I consider it a privilege you check in and uh, you know join us here. So thank you so much, Jerry. Well, Wolf, you know I always enjoy being on with you every week because I always enjoy chatting with you. And uh, so uh, is this the last week for the show? Is that correct? This is it, brother. We're going into the off season. <laughs> there we go, and we'll rejoin next year. Sounds God good. God willing, of course. Amen to that. Thank you, Jerry Dulek. Appreciate you so much, Hi, brother. brother. All right. <laughs> All right. We're going to go to break, and we've got uh, one more segment coming up, and we'll be back after this. <laughs> This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Well, we're in the final bell, bell lap here in the locker room. Uh, it's a big day. Big Ben making it official as he steps down. And, you know, Ninja Jacob, I got to tell you, I'm going to miss that guy. I think a lot of us well, are going to miss that guy. I know all of us are going to miss him. But I think it's it's hard for the younger generation because we only know Steelers football alongside or led by Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> we don't know what uncharted waters we're about to enter without Ben at the helm here. Absolutely. No we have question about no it. idea. But before we get into it, you and I have been talking two hours. We had Jerry Dulac. We had Tom Bradley talking Ben. We love talking, Ben, yeah. and we love reminiscing on his best moments. And here on SNR, starting tomorrow, we're going to do seven days of seven. It's seven days <laughs> of Ben's best games going back to his first start as a Steeler. We'll play back an original broadcast from Ben's Hall of Fame career every morning at 7 a.m. and every evening at 7 p.m. 
That's seven days of seven right here only on SNR. And tomorrow, which will mark the first day, 7 a.m., you'll get to hear Ben's first start against the Miami Dolphins way back in 2004. And the starts will go in chronological order, his best starts throughout his career. And tomorrow night's broadcast at 7 p.m., starting at 7 p.m., will be against the New England Patriots, his rookie year, his first time going up against Tom Brady, despite Brady at the time being only a two-time Super Bowl winning quarterback. Wow, does that sound weird to say, (laughs) Tom Brady with only two Super Bowls. But at the time, that's what he was, and Ben still beat him at home in Heinz Field. We all remember a nice blowout, big touchdowns to Heinz Ward, big touchdowns to Plexico Burris. You can hear that one, 7 p.m., but if you want to start your day off right, tune in to SNR 7 a.m. You'll hear Ben's first start against the Miami Dolphins right here on SNR. You know the funny thing about it? Nicely done there, Ninja Jacob. Uh, the, the thing about it is that uh, 2004, that was the hurricane game. And we were mm-hmm. we flew in ahead of the hurricane. And I'll never forget because after the hurricane, the, the eye of the storm had passed over. Chalooch says, let's go hiking. I said, what? Are you out of your mind? He's like, oh, come on. And we actually walked out in the hurricane in the after effects. You know, it was dissipating and everything. But, I mean, it was raining and raining. I'm going, this is stupid. But, you know, the, the, the power in the hotel went down and everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're just sitting in dark. You know, so it was like, well, might as well go out and, you know, experience a little bit of the, mm-hmm. the hurricane. And then, of course, the game was postponed a few hours while they were trying to get the field all dried out somewhat. And it was a kind of a swamp. But Big Ben led the way. That was his first start, and it was a great job by him keeping that, you know, just keeping everything under control. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. As he does. So that'll be on 7 a.m. tomorrow? 7 a.m. on SNR. And what's with it with Miami, Wolf? We went down there for Ben's first start for a hurricane, and then what? Three years later, they come up here for Monday Night Football. They bring the hurricane with them. Yeah, They bring the monsoon with them. Absolutely. The field was a swamp. I don't, I mean, that must have been the turning point for or the breaking point for Heinz Field's field crew, right? Because since then, it's been a pretty good field, but we all remember what it, what the conditions could do to that field back in the day. Well, if you remember, there was a punt where the ball, like, just stuck. stuck? In, yeah, just, just stuck. stuck. And I remember that Max, that was, I believe Max started that game, and we were talking about it because I was uh, I was named an honorary captain to go out for the coin toss. That's pretty cool. Uh, for, oh, it was very cool. I mean, it was just, you know, who am I? Just, it was very nice of them, you know. <laughs> yeah, here so, are you. Just, yeah, uh, just a tenured lineman, just a guy yeah, who's been uh, in the broadcast yeah, booth for yeah. 25 years. No big but, deal. You know, I get to go out there, and I remember the I sank in almost over the top of my shoes. I can't so, imagine. It was so wet out there. I mean, you're, you're a solid, what, foot taller than I am. Yeah. So how... How far would that have come up on my body? <laughs> Probably all the way to my kneecaps, right? We might have had to get, like, quicksand we were talking the oh, other yeah. day. Why is quicksand so slow? <laughs> we got to pull you out. That, that would have been, been bad. That would have been bad indeed. Well, certainly, I got to tell you, it's been, it, you know, the whole thing with, with Ben has just been absolutely phenomenal. And I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing the progression of some of the great calls throughout the years of the things that he's done. Um, Is there any so we've talked about great memories that you have or 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 Tunch making the call against the Colts, but there is is there any call that you remember, Wolf, that came out of your voice from the sidelines, or maybe something from these past two years with you in the booth that you love that you uh, can think of as your favorite call that you've made? 
I can't think of any call that I've made that that really would be yeah one the one I do remember and I recognized it on that uh, that uh, you know compilation there mm-hmm. was when Ben was coming in after Tommy Maddox got axed I think it was by Terrell Suggs I thought it was Suggs that uh, you know busted up Tommy and Maddox it was you on the sidelines who yeah. saw Ben practicing with yeah. Jeff Hardings and so he's taking snaps from Hardings and we're like going wow this is gonna happen. Maddox is down, you know, and this led to, you know, Ben taking over. And I remember, if you remember the the Brujua, <laughs> Tunch says I never say that right. So anyhow, mm-hmm. uh, the whole the whole uh, you know dust up about Alan Fanica saying no, I I don't, I, I'd rather have the the veteran in there, I, you know, rather than a rookie. Sure. And he was just making a comment like, you know, it's like it's like for it was an, no slant against no, anyone. It was no yeah. slant against Ben. All it was was you had a veteran quarterback that you were comfortable with, mm-hmm. and you'd have an unknown quantity in Ben Roethlisberger who went on to become just the greatest. So, but the fact is, you're making a statement that a veteran would make. I just, you know, it's 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 better when you have a veteran. You you know, you don't know what sure. you got with a rookie, and so people got all upset about it. I know that Allen was upset because he he <laughs> didn't want anybody, he didn't want Ben or anybody to think that he was slamming uh, Ben. Right. But you know, it, it, people just you know took it and ran with it and ran out of as people know, out do. Of context. Yes, as people will do. So I do remember that, and it was funny because I remember being on the sidelines and, and watching Hardings and. Ben warming up, and you're like, oh, wow, here it is, the change in the guard. Who knew uh, that Not 18, I. Yeah, 18 years later, you know, we'd, we'd witness greatness retiring, man. Who knew? It's possible to say that when you draft a guy at a certain point of the draft in the first round that, okay, this guy can be our future, but you never hear people say, this guy's going to be our future for the next two decades <laughs> it's always okay let's see he can he can get us something in the next five to ten years right hopefully but you never draft a guy with the expectations that he's going to stay with the same franchise for 18 years and that's something that tom has pointed out a lot on our show the standard saying that's something ben can hold over a lot of other quarterbacks heads peyton manning went to the broncos joe montana went to the chiefs tom brady to the buccaneers Brett Favre to the Jets and the Vikings. So many of these all-time great quarterbacks moved on and did well elsewhere, but so few of those guys actually stayed with their teams for the entirety of their career. Really, the only ones we can think of are Terry, John Elway, Ben. I I mean, who else is at that level of greatness and actually stay with their teams for the whole entirety of their career? You're exactly correct, you know, and you look at it, and out of all those, the one thing that the two of those quarterbacks uh, both have similarities, in, in fact, they're both Steelers quarterbacks. Terry Bradshaw, mm-hmm. Ben Roethlisberger stayed, you know, with their teams. Uh, it's just, to me, it's phenomenal. It's been exciting. It's been a joy, um, and I hope that the, tomorrow we'll, when they start, we'll rehashing the games and that will open up the phone lines and mm-hmm. be able to get people with their favorite memories, their favorite joys, and what was their favorite food while they were watching oh, their favorite place. That's the important question. <laughs> I'm gl- oh, thank goodness we didn't leave the segment without mentioning <laughs> that part of the memories. You know it, baby, because I used to get me, I'd have me a bag of plain and peanut M&Ms mm-hmm. on the sidelines watching Big Ben go to work. Mm-hmm. It was always a standard for me for 20 years, so... There you go. 
I think it's about time to wrap it, it up. It is, my friend. All right. I want to thank you. Hey, thank you. All right. Thank, thank you, brother. You, you. You know what? You, you, you <laughs> are good. I appreciate you're, you, you know, so you're, much, You're a brother. funny guy, Wolf. You're a funny guy. <laughs> yeah, funny guy. Funny inside. You funny, know? funny how, though? Funny how. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Joe Pesci. Here we go. Thank you so much, Ninja Jacob. Appreciate you. We'll do this again tomorrow. Yes, sir. And also thank you to all who tuned in for the locker room. Join us tomorrow as we close out the 2021 season. Talk to you then.